Run them jewels fast, run them, run them jewels fast, run them, run them, run them, run them, run them, run them, fuck the slow mo. Fascist slave, you protested to get in a fucking look book. Everything I scribble like the anarchist book book. Look good, posing in the center for the crook book. Black on black on black with the ski mask, that is my crook book. How you like my styling, bruh? Ain't nobody styling, bruh. About to turn this motherfucker up like Rikers Island, bruh. my fathers and my cripples and my blooders and my brothers. When you niggas gon' unite and kill the police motherfuckers or take over a jail. Get them CO's hell. The burning of that sofa, goddamn, I love the smell. Like it's a pillow torching, where the fuck the warden? And when you find them, we don't kill them, we just waterboard them We killing them for freedom, cause they tortured us for boredom And even if some good ones die, fuck it, the Lord assort them That was hip-hop group Run The Jewels uh, Also known uh, by uh, people who are fans of them, uh, RTJ, uh, Run The Jewels Is an American hip-hop duo consisting of rapper, producer, LP, uh, El-P and rapper Killer Mike. Now Killer Mike might sound familiar. Um, he's pretty outspoken. Uh, believes what he's talking about. Uh, he's really passionate about uh, his political views. Um, you've seen him probably seen him on Fox News, CNN News. Just really outspoken. Very, very passionate about you know politics and and life in general and you know the you know divided united states that's going on right now and he's really outspoken um they released their acclaimed debut studio album run the jewels as a free digital download in 2013. this was followed by run the jewels 2 in 2014 which was also praised by critics uh they're an amazing rap group um they're just heavy beats um very very uh you know their lyrics are, are they can flow these guys can flow um they they complement each other really good so you know they're, they're a really good rap duo uh, this was uh run the jewels 2 in 2014 which was praised by clear uh critics their critically acclaimed third album run the jewels was released digitally in december 2016 with a physical release the following month they're just one of my favorite hip-hop groups right now um like i said i listen to all kinds of music so uh, these guys are amazing. They a lot of their songs have been featured like um, like NFL promos, uh, movies, um, an episode of uh, Rick and Morty. I think one of their songs was in Rick and Morty. But um, amazing group, uh, really good. Give them a listen. Give them a download. Uh, you won't be disappointed. This single I featured um, is is by of course Run the Jewels of course, but it's called Running Too Fast, and that loop you hear during the beat running too fast um that is zach de la rocha everybody who are fans of rage against the machine like me huge fan of rage against the machine zach de la rocha the lead singer of rage against the machine they did a collaboration with run the jewels um he's a he's a pretty good rapper too so you know rage against the machine pretty good band one of my favorites so that's pretty much it for my music artist of the week uh on with the show Hey 
Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk eBay. I'm your host, Johnny with Sin City Hustlers. You can find me under Instagram handle Sin underscore City underscore Hustlers. I always screw that up. Um, this week, of course, going to go over my weekly sales. We're going to go over some eBay news and weird listing of the week. My first weird listing of the week of the year. But this episode is very special to me because it's not because... It's different from any other episode, but the person that I, I have on today is special to me because they were a very big influence on me when I started reselling. And I just, by sheer just whim, thinking, well, I mean, I'll just, you know, I'll just message them on Instagram and, see, you know, ask them if they want to come on. And, and sure enough. They aren't, you know, without hesitation, they said yes. So uh, I'm pretty excited to interview them. And it was a great interview. Very, very nice. It was only one half of the resellers that uh, resellers, the other half couldn't make it. But I was still happy to interview him. Uh, you guys might know him because they got a strong Instagram following. They got a strong YouTube following. And they're, they're just very well-known well resellers. And they go by Side Hustle Pros. None other than Side Hustle Pros. Uh, I'm going to have Chaz, uh, Chaz Leslie on here. And we're going to interview him and get his story, his journey. And, you know, talk a little about, you know, reselling and what's new with him and what's new with his YouTube channel. And just to get a little insight of how Side Hustle Pros works and how he sources and, you know, and gets, you know, his flips and, so it's going to be a really good interview. So let's go ahead and start off with that and let's get Chaz on. This is Chaz. Hey Chaz, it's Johnny. How you doing? Hey, how's it going, man? If I fixed the problem kind of. <laughs> <laughs> that works. What was it? I there was a, a thing on the news about an Apple update about the uh, FaceTime feature with the invasion of privacy. Ah, uh, okay. I'm probably going to do that but, too. Yeah, I believe it affected the uh, Anchor app. So gotcha. I had to break out an old uh, Android uh, phone, which we're talking on right now. <laughs> hey, that works. <laughs> hey, nice to finally talk to you, man. Um, I'm a big fan of you and Trista and Side Hustle Pros. Uh, you guys have amazing content. Um, we're just going to jump right into this interview. Um, when you first started, and I've been following you for over a year, when you first started YouTube and Instagram and you first started selling, did you think it was going to grow like, like it does? Oh, geez, no. I don't think any of us do. <laughs> I mean, you go back and look at my first video. I literally held my iPhone. It must have been iPhone 6 at the time, three years ago. Held my iPhone up, and I had a pallet of toys sitting behind me from liquidation. And I just said, hey, guys, my name's Chaz. I've done like $800 in sales, and I'm just going to document my journey. And I don't. I started with zero subscribers, and that's how everyone starts. I don't think any of us started to really go big or blow up. And it's kind of crazy because we're literally this week, we're going to cross 100,000 subscribers, which still just, it's mind-boggling. Yeah, I saw that on your, on your Instagram. You're like very close to 100,000. And did you even fathom the thought that you were going to even get to a hundred thousand when you started your YouTube channel? No, I, I, I vividly remember 
talking to my wife, Trista, and I think we hit our first hundred subscribers and I was over the moon because I had a fitness channel before I even knew what reselling was. I was doing uh, health and fitness as a massage therapist and I had a little fitness channel I was running and I had like 50 subscribers I was really pumped for. So when I crossed a hundred, I thought, I thought I was winning. I thought I was on top of the world with that. <laughs> and then we crossed a thousand and it was just, it started to just become surreal. And then across 2000 and 5010. And then I put up a couple of really popular videos teaching people. And I think this may have been one of the first ones you saw teaching people how to do an Amazon shipment because there was a lack of content in that area. And that's where the demand was. So I just kept up with those types of tutorials. Yeah, I remember that video because when I first started, I was researching how to sell on Amazon. I was researching, you know, how to sell on eBay. And I came across your channel. And I think at the time you had a, you had a few thousand followers and I'm like, this is what I want to do. So I, I started following your channel uh, uh, exclusively, you and um, Reezy Resales. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, I was like, wow, these guys are amazing. So started following your channel and I was writing down a lot of stuff and I did a lot of research, but uh, you and Trista were, were probably one of the main people that really inspired me to start reselling. Who awesome. inspired you guys to start reselling or how did you discover that you can resell for a business? Well, first I appreciate you being a longtime supporter. Like I saw your name pop up. Yeah. About a year ago on Instagram. So I started following you, you right back. And so I've watched stories mode and all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, so we, Basically, we're part of the crew that we could have easily gotten suckered into one of these seminars where you spent like 20 or 30 grand. So I bought into I went to this seminar because they were promoting Les Brown. And if anyone follows motivational speakers, Les Brown's one of the top. And so I got into like the free conference. And so they had Les Brown and they had a guy talking about uh, email marketing, a guy talking about real estate. So all these like try before you buy speakers. And this one guy got up and he starts talking about flipping stuff on Amazon, eBay. And I knew what eBay was. I had no idea at the time, like a lot of people when they first start, don't that Amazon allowed third-party sellers. I just thought you were buying Amazon's product. And I had been a prime user myself for many years. And so that was intriguing. So I paid the 49 bucks. I went to their weekend seminar, which is three days. And I went through the whole spiel of getting upsold the $20,000 package, the $40,000 coaching program, like all that kind of jazz. And I declined it all. And they were hard. If anyone's been to these, they are hard salesmen in these. And I declined them all. Uh, and then I got back home. That ended on a Sunday night. Got back home. And Monday, I went to Walgreens, downloaded the Amazon sellers app, made my free account, and I just started scanning. Um, I, I was so new that... I was only one day into it and I was buying stuff without scanning it because it was so cheap. Like I bought a couple bottles of perfume for $3. I'm like, Oh, somebody will pay 20 bucks for these. And then when I got home and, and started actually scanning stuff, I'm like, Oh, what's this restricted bar mean <laughs> or hazmat. I didn't know what any of that meant. So um, I just, it was all trial and error. I didn't buy into any coaching programs, no courses. There really wasn't many courses or anything like that around three years ago. Um, but I declined all these guys' packages and I just told myself, like, I've got the, I've got the knowledge now, the basics to get started. I'm just going to go do trial and error. Nice. Um, did you, um, is that how side hustle pros, uh, came into existence? It's like, why should I attend these conferences when 
I can just create a YouTube channel and just help people, you know, do it for free. Yeah, exactly. Because I, there was a lot of huge expenses if you did want to get into courses. There's a lot more affordable stuff out there now. But three years ago, it, you had to have five grand or 10 grand to get started on someone's mentorship or their course. So I decided, why not just one, document my journey on YouTube? And two, as I'm learning, there there's enough product in the United States that I don't care about, quote unquote, creating my own competition by giving away free advice. Because, of course, a lot of the uh, you probably see it as well with your content, but you get a lot of the trolls are like, why are you teaching this stuff? You're creating your own competition. Like if you're going to have that limited of a mindset, uh, you've got a lot of a lot of self-improvement to be doing. So I just started throwing videos up and just teaching people on the way. And I figured, you know what, this kind of stuff, I wish there was that kind of content out there when I started. I followed Rakin, uh, Steve Rakin, Rakin Profit was pretty much one of the only guys I was following in the beginning because there wasn't many people out there. Pete Craigslist Hunter uh, was another one. There was just a few guys doing YouTube videos um, and those were focused more on the eBay side. And so I came in from the Amazon perspective and wanted to teach more of that because Amazon, I mean, you know, firsthand, like Amazon, eBay are two totally different animals. So eBay is a lot easier to grasp that there's not a whole lot of policies and restrictions. Amazon, it's a whole different beast of policies, um, step by step that needs to be done, where to click, all the reports. So I was the one that wanted to come in and teach more on that side. Yeah, because um, when when like like I said, I was researching to become a reseller. I was gonna start on Amazon, and you know, eBay didn't seem like an option for me. I'm like, well, you know what? I'm gonna start Amazon, and I started looking up, you know, how to you know create your shipping and all that stuff and it was to me at the time was was pretty much greek i had no idea even though i i've <laughs> seen tutorials on 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 how to ship your your fba and everything and like what well, this looks a little complicated let me try ebay and see how that goes so i ended up starting a, a ebay store first before i started doing amazon um is that uh usually i'm gonna ask you a question i'm gonna usually go by <laughs> I go have a list of questions I ask other resellers, but okay. uh, with that being said, what advice would you give a, a brand new reseller? The best advice I give people and they not many follow it and it's not fancy and it's not pretty and it's not fun. But what I tell people is jump and build your wings on the way down. Cause I think too many people are trying to watch all the videos and absorb groups and all this kind of stuff. And it's all knowledge based, right? And we both know that knowledge is useless unless you're going to actually implement it. Um, so that's one phrase I, I heard one time, I forgot where I heard it from, but I just love it. And it's jump and build your wings on the way down because that's how we built it, all right? Everyone's like, oh, you must have started with money. It's like, well, no, I pulled from savings. We started with 500 bucks. We just built it from there. And so we learned through trial and error, which is building your wings on the way down. Because the person who's sitting at the top of the cliff trying to construct the world's perfect airplane that's going to fly and cruise without any failure is going to ultimately do far less than the person who just jumps and figures it out. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to go through trial and error. And I think just not fearing the failures is the number one piece of advice I can give people. That's uh, really good advice. That's, that's awesome. Um, what, uh, you have more than just, you have Amazon, you have eBay, you have a couple of eBay stores, right? Uh, we do. We have two eBay stores. Our first one is kind of like our, 
uh, it, it doesn't produce the income that the secondary store was, but we call it our primary store because that's what we started with. That's a lot of like the typical hard goods. My wife does a lot of clothing on that store is her focus. And then I started getting into electronics pretty heavily and I wanted to create a separate account so I can start documenting on YouTube just how to build an electronics account. And that's where our electronics account was born. So I've been running that one for probably six, seven months, somewhere in that range. And how's that that store been been going for you? It's been going pretty well. Um, I should say it goes it goes well when we put focus into it. <laughs> there was about a three month time frame over the summer where we just I mean we let I, I talk about this openly on our YouTube channel, our Instagram, all that stuff. We had a really rough summer just on a personal life level, a lot of stuff going on, and we let all of our reselling business kind of slip. So our total sales were down to the worst month that we had was $2,400 in sales. So we basically did not make a dime. And that was in August, I believe, August or September. And of course, the electronics account slipped with that. And I had a bad habit. I think most resellers can agree. We love to buy. We don't really like to do much after the buying process, though. <laughs> like we do the listing and the photos because we have to. But I just let stuff keep piling up and piling up and piling up because I was focusing on our YouTube channel, our Amazon business, growing every other side hustle we have. So what happened was I finally had to bite the bullet, let go of control and hire an employee to come help me out. And he started part time and now he's working himself into a full time position. And his job, he's, he's behind me prepping and, and getting stuff done right now. But his job is that that account. And that's been a game changer. So I'm still able to go out and source and buy stuff and drop it off on a shelf. And then it gets it gets tested and cleaned and photoed and listed. And then now he's taking over shipping as well. And that was that was a tough decision to make. And we thought it would be like a five hour per week gig. And very quickly, I realized how beneficial it was to start creating a team around us because a team is what's going to bring you to the higher levels in a business. I think you can get to five grand and 10 grand per month pretty pretty easily just yourself or maybe one person but a team is what's going to get you way past the six figure and into the seven figure mark that's uh that's true i i don't know if you follow uh pure hustle podcast yeah um, absolutely orlando just hired someone to do his ebay and amazon like that and mm -hmm. he pretty much is saying the same thing you are it, it you, you're you're going to gross a lot more. You, you don't have to kind of kind of loosen the reins, as, so to say, is mm -hmm. like how you take photographs, how you're listing. Because usually when you when you list and take photographs, you have a, a certain way of doing it. Yep. Yep. And I see hiring somebody and like, look, this is how it's going to be done. But you're always kind of and eh, make sure he does it right before he does anything at all. You know, but I. I understand you need to hire someone, especially with someone like you that has Amazon and two eBay stores. And, and, you know, it, is it hard to, to kind of keep up with all those uh, different platforms you're on? Oh, it's extremely difficult. <laughs> I think that's one part that nobody loves to talk about is everyone loves to be like, Oh yeah, I have like five or six streams of income, but no one loves to talk about how freaking tough it is. Um, so I think this year I've, I've just been in this mode or since early December, I started restructuring our focus on everything. And so I narrowed down like our top five revenue producing things that we do our side hustles. And I came up with the most efficient processes that I possibly could to make those grow this year without working more hours. That's my biggest thing in 2019 mm -hmm. is I want to work the same 
amount of hours I did in 2018, but I want to triple our revenue. And I know that's not going to be a tangible goal for a lot of people. And I'm one of those crazy ones. I just put it out there to make it happen. Cause if I fall short and I only double our revenue, then we're still winning. But the goal is to not work more hours. So we're getting more into wholesale and bulk orders. So I don't have to go drive around to find my inventory as much. I feel like that was one of the biggest mistakes I made in 2018 was I worked my ass off. I worked really, really hard, but I did not work necessarily smart and efficiently. So I put in a lot of hours on drive time, 20, 30, 40 hours a week, some weeks for driving around retail arbitrage, thrift stores, Goodwills, trying to find product when I could have been putting more time into online arbitrage, which is one of our favorite methods, because I'm able to sit at home for an hour a day, make my clicks, and then I can place my orders. So that's uh, been one of the struggles is the balance and the time management of it all. But I feel like I'm in a really good position now where I've outsourced as much as I can off of my plate to allow me to focus on what my biggest uh, revenue drivers are. Yeah. Cause I, I totally remember, I think there was a period of time where you weren't putting a whole lot of content out as far as YouTube and Instagram. Oh geez. No, <laughs> that's like yeah. half, half of 2018. I, I, I had to just stop focusing on YouTube and Instagram as much. I was still doing a lot of stories mode. That's kind of like my personal vlog is stories. And because it takes, you know, 15 seconds to do clips rather than a YouTube video, which might take me a couple hours to record and edit. And so, right. yeah, I was, I was slacking on content game, but I needed to focus on our business first. And that was the big switch I had to make. Yeah. That, I, I kind of fell into this, the same uh, hole, so to say, uh, so to say, but uh, because I work 40 hours plus on a full-time job mm-hmm. uh, here in Las Vegas. Um, plus I do eBay and Amazon part-time. And my goal is to become a full-time seller. But until that happens, you know, I got to work 40 hours plus and work on eBay and Amazon on the weekend, sourcing, shipping stuff out, you know, working on my, my Instagram. And I do have a YouTube channel, which I it's it's just nothing right now compared to yours <laughs> i i tried the youtube thing and like you said it, you know you got to record you know put everything together edit and you know it's, it's just takes time mm-hmm. and i also um, like to like to point out to people too because obviously in 2019 there's a lot of people getting into the content game now because three years ago there like i said there was not many people in the reselling niche now i feel like everyone's making youtube channels and instagram accounts and all this stuff and i tell people just because someone else is doing well with YouTube doesn't mean you have to do YouTube. You might, and, I, and this is where I'm a big Gary Vee fan. I agree with some of his, his principles here is you might be a better writer. So if you're a better writer than you are on video, then you need to focus on a blog or something like this, which is a podcast, right? If you're better with voice and audio, then go podcast route. So whatever your top uh, strength is, that's where you should be focusing. Cause I feel like a lot of people do that. They make a YouTube channel because they see some of us doing really well, but they may not know the context. So a lot of people look at my channel, which is three years old, and they think, wow, Chaz is great on video. But what you don't see is I was on doing video, practicing in the fitness niche on YouTube for eight years before I did one reselling video. So I had eight years of failures and trial and error to figure out my, my voice and my game with YouTube. So by the time I got to reselling, I already knew what I was doing with YouTube. I knew how to convey a message. I knew how to do tutorials and all that stuff. Yeah, because uh, yeah. that's totally true. Because when I did my my YouTube, I was like, "Wow, this takes a lot of time." You know, <laughs> yeah. I do work full time, 
And I discovered podcasts. Uh, I actually started listening to a podcast. Uh, his name is Flip Flip. I actually interviewed him on my podcast. And I'm like, wow, he's got really good contact. It, it's just audio. It's, it's almost like YouTube, but it's just audio. So I kind of dove into it. And from when I did my first couple of podcasts, it kind of just took off. You know, I started interviewing other resellers on my podcast, getting their story, their journey as resellers. And people really connected with that. So, you know, with my podcast, you know, I get I get thousands of downloads. You know, I'm close to. And let's see, almost 9000 downloads. Oh, so that's, you know, yeah, that's less than a year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I feel more comfortable behind a microphone than I do in front of the camera. Yeah, that's that's perfect. That's exactly what that message is about. You found your strength, you're going in on it, and it's working because you found where the demand is for it. So I love it. Yeah, because I even researched uh, podcasts and it's like, well, there's not really too many podcasts with, as far as, you know, reselling, you know, either eBay or, or Amazon, you know, Pure Hustle Podcasts, which had, they have amazing podcast content, you know. Um, they just blow mine out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, what are your goals as far as reselling is it to just to live comfortably is there an an end game to uh your business i mean i don't think that and of course this is all just personal opinion i don't think that there ever truly is an end game if you're a business owner because think about like i remember when i first started reselling i thought wow if i can make a thousand dollars profit per month that would be a game changer. Like I would be so happy with that. And then we hit it and I'm like, well, what can I do with 5k a month profit? Right. My wife can quit her job. I can live way more comfortably than what we were doing back then. Cause we were the typical stories of like, we both had jobs that we loved the careers we were in. I was a massage therapist. She was in the medical field. We hated being tied down to someone else's schedule. We hated the fact that we had to work on weekends some weeks. I was booked solid during summer times. So I had to miss all the different beach trips, the family reunions, the dinners, all that kind of stuff. And so when I had set that original 5K goal, I thought that was my end game. I thought if I can get my wife to be able to quit her job, I can continue pursuing entrepreneurship in, in my world. That would be great. And so she did. we did that. We hit 5K a month or profit on a consistent basis for a couple months. And we thought, well, let's go ahead and see if it works. So she quit her job. And we, we chilled at that 5k month for a while, but then of course the next goal, cause there's always the next goal. That's why I don't think there is an end game. The next goal is, well, what can we do with 10k a month? Right. Cause it's no longer yeah. about serving ourselves. I'm a f- firm believer. We're put on this earth to live in abundance and to serve others. So it was no longer about how can we live comfortably, but how can we help other people do it too? So then we really went in on like the content we created, Uh, Not necessarily like a mentorship group, but we created a little private Facebook group uh, that was a paid membership that people get into. And we we started developing those avenues as well. And now where we are currently, it's there's no end game. It's it's just I want to grow every single year and I want to impact more and more people. Um, It's so weird how and you probably get the same thing. This is why you produce your content, too, is it's so weird how we get so much more pumped up to hear someone else say, Hey, because of your help, I made 10 K this month versus me making 10 K. Like, I don't really get that pumped to make 10 or 20 K in a month anymore. I get pumped when I hear someone else because of maybe a piece of advice we gave or a phone call or working with them one-on-one 
that's where I get excited. And that's really what my end game is, is just to keep impacting people like that. Cause I, re- I remember the feeling you'll, you'll get there. I remember the feeling of quitting my job as a massage therapist and going full-time self-employed. And even better than that was my wife being able to quit her job. Cause that was my, that was my biggest driver for reselling. I wanted reselling to pay her to basically buy her time freedom back. And we, we did that. That was one of the most incredible feelings ever was the day she got to come home and, and say, I put in my two week notice. That was one of the best yeah, feelings so ever. And that's then, be a- <laughs> Oh man, it was, it was nuts. Um, and then with that, the first time that I had a message from one of our members that said, Hey, I put in my two weeks notice at work. I just want to thank you for all your help. That was just like, that was mind blowing because I know that it's impacting more than just us now. And that's, that's kind of my end game is not impacting just our own lives and our, of course we want to help our family and, you know, buy houses for our parents down the road and all that fun stuff. But it's, it's about the community that we're in and that's where my main focus is, is going. That's definitely true. uh, What you just said, because you know, I, I started, I was doing my YouTube hoping that, you know, I could do the same thing that you were doing, maybe help someone, who's not really sure if they want to do this or if they're not sure if they can make it happen. And I, I would, I'm just a regular guy, just like you who, you know, fell into the game and I was hoping, you know, I can inspire some other people to do the same thing. And that's the reason why I did one my YouTube, which didn't quite work out, you know, and you got to, you know, feel around to see what's comfortable with you and podcasts seem to work and it took off for me. So uh, yeah, like you said, it, it feels good when you, when people tag you in Instagram, you know, thank you you know, side hustle pros, you know, thank you, Sin City Hustlers for, you know, inspiring me. So, you know, it's, it's a really good feeling. You know, I mean, like I said before, I mean, you, uh, side hustle pros, uh, Reezy Resells, uh, Nicole State, who doesn't put out as much content as she used to. Um, there's, uh, uh Hustler Hacks, uh, Hustle B. All oh, those guys. I love, I love those guys. We, yeah. we, had, we had the pleasure of them coming to Portland and hosting uh, one of their meetups for their uh, Out Hustled series. And we had them down at our office for an entire day. And they're just, they are exactly in person how they are in video, which is just, it was awesome. Yeah, I actually had the, the, the pleasure of meeting those guys at a, at a meetup here in Vegas last summer. Oh, nice. And, yeah, uh, and I'm going to, I don't know if you saw, but um, I'm going to be doing a meetup before ASD coming up next month. Yeah, I saw that uh, yeah, on so there. Got, you were uh, looking for people there. to bunk with you. <laughs> oh, I found this Airbnb. Like, we thought we'd have five people. And it turns out we we're going to have space for, like, 15. And we got this sick Airbnb. I made sure there was a pool table, a pool out back, all that stuff. Uh, so yeah. I'm, I'm pumped to do that. But, yeah, we'll have to meet up when I get down there. Yeah, definitely. Just uh, just message me. Awesome. Um, how, is, uh, how is Trista doing? She's tired. <laughs> she is, uh, she's at almost the 23 week mark for being pregnant with baby number two. So she's, she's over the nausea, but she's definitely tired. Uh, but uh, she's doing, yeah. Thank number you. Thank two. you. So what we're having or we haven't revealed that yet. We are having a girl. We just found out like a week ago. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those feelings where we have a four-year-old boy. So I know how to, I know how to rough house with a boy and throw him around the living room and have, have fun that way. So we found out we're having a girl. We're like, yay. Oh crap. How do we raise a girl? So it's a whole new training training. We got to go through now. It's definitely be different. I, mm-hmm. I, I raised two, two girls. So it's uh, definitely different from, from raising a boy. Yeah, absolutely. But it'll all be worth it. Of course. So yeah, she's, she's doing well though. She's got her energy 
coming back, um, of course, that first trimester just wipes you out. So she's getting her energy back, get back into her workflow, creating a new schedule for herself. And um, yeah, pretty much just doing what she can. Uh, I only have one question for Trista. I don't know if she's around you, but uh, tell her I miss her haul videos. <laughs> oh my gosh. She gets hit up so much about that. Cause she used to be, uh, it's funny. Like I, everyone knows me as the face of like side hustle pros and the YouTube channel, but a lot of people don't see the work that she puts in too. She's a lot more behind the scenes. She doesn't love being on video, which is why. So I always kind of have to like, Hey, the subscribers want to see more haul videos and she'll do them. Um, so I'll, I'll give her a little nudge and see if we can get some more <laughs> haul videos out of her. Cause she gets good stuff. Um, she goes to the same bins that Nicole Stay goes to in Hillsboro, and the okay. Hillsboro, Hillsboro bins up here. Uh, people say it's one of the best in the U.S. It's just so good. So oh, she nice. goes, she goes every week, and she gets a ton of good stuff. So I'm, I'm gonna just start turning a camera on as she's sorting through it. <laughs> she, she won't know I'm recording. I'll just set up like a behind the scenes thing. <laughs> That's pretty much me here. Uh, you know, Sin City Hustlers. It's you know, Hustlers plural. It's me, husband and wife. It's me and my wife, and mm-hmm. she's not really kind of on camera kind of person so she does everything you know behind the scenes which helps me tremendously like getting shipments ready and you know putting all the uh, inventory away and you know it you know she has she's more organized than me which you know thank god because my inventory would probably would have been everywhere oh man Um, my my office is a disaster when she's not here for a few days between (laughs) between my employee ryan and i we just destroy this place in a matter of 24 hours (laughs) yeah uh for people who don't know side hustle pros and if you don't know side hustle pros how can they find you on social media uh pretty simple just go to youtube or instagram just look up side hustle pros you'll see our little icon pop up my wife and i and yeah it's pretty much our two platforms that we focus on just uh mainly uh instagram and and youtube yep pretty much we um i don't do a whole lot of the facebook stuff I, i run facebook groups but as far as like my public page i really don't do much with that pretty much YouTube and Instagram are our main two. Instagram. Um, I'm starting to get better. Like the whole, like, you know, you need to do one post a day type of thing. I'm horrible at doing posts, but I document every single day behind the scenes on stories mode. And that's like my personal vlog. So that's more of like the, the raw uh, daily behind the scenes footage is what you guys get to see on there. Nice. Any, uh, any new content coming out this year? Yes, I'm currently, um, I've, I got literally next to me, I just put up a six foot whiteboard covering up one of my walls and I'm getting ready to map out an entire eBay for beginners course and an FBA for beginners course. And they're going to be legit 100% free. So I'm, uh, nice. that's my big project. They're going to be, cause a lot of courses out there, you know, they're like your nice little five or six minute video or six, five or six part series videos, maybe a little PDF to go with it. I want to do like I'm giving away all the info for free. So I'm just going to throw it all out there. It's going to be like 20 or 30 videos each course. And I'm just going to throw it out there. So that's my big project. It's going to take me a couple of weeks to do all the recordings and send it over to my editor, which I hired out on, uh, save me some time on the editing part. So there's my big ones. Um, I'm currently, I guess I can drop a little sneak peek. I'm currently working on something that I think is a big missing link in people's businesses, because a lot of people focus on the tactics and strategies of their business. But I think a lot of people are missing one thing, which is accountability. So I'm currently working on something that is going to solve that issue. And it's going to be the best accountability for entrepreneurs 
um, that's going to be created. So that's going to take me several months to get put together. I have to bring in a, a developer for an app and all that stuff. Um, so that's probably going to be the biggest project I work on this year. Yeah. So everybody listening, uh, if you, again, you guys, if you're resellers out there, if you're new, even if you're seasoned resellers, you got to be following side also pros, uh, subscribe to their YouTube channel, follow them on their Instagram. They have amazing content, amazing story. These two are legit. They're hustlers. They're killing it. Um, one last question for you, Chaz, before we go, um, what is your, uh, I know people see a lot of raw stuff from you mm-hmm. and they see the YouTube videos, but what, you know, exactly is your daily routine as far as a reseller? Daily routine is pretty consistent lately. I, and of course no one's schedule is perfect, but on my ideal day, my setup is I wake up about five thirty or 6 AM that's the part that I'm, I'm getting better at. Of course, not perfect, but lately I've been right on track with it. So 5.36 AM, I am up and at it. I typically will sit down for about 30 minutes and read. I'm a huge advocate of personal development. And I did not do any of it last year, which is why I'm hammering it this year. I'm trying to read one book a week right now. So personal development reading first thing in the morning. And then I don't do anything until I hit the gym. Even if it's just go walk on the treadmill for 20 minutes or do some yoga, lift some weights, it, it varies each day. But I'm a firm believer that that morning, that first hour of your morning is the rudder of your day. It sets the pace for how your day is going to be. And I know that if I wake up late, just enough time to shower and then start my work, whether I'm sourcing for the day and I just jump up, maybe not even shower some days, jump straight to the car and go source. I'm going to have, I'm going to be burnt by 1 PM. So I go to the gym, get my body moving, get some blood flow going, get those endorphins going in the brain, get my body awake. And then from there, I, if it's a sourcing day, because it changes per day, but if it's a sourcing day, I have to go out and do like eight hours of driving because I live in a small town. I think a lot of people connect with this too. I live in a small town about 45 minutes away from my nearest target. So that shows you the travel distance that I have to do. So it doesn't make sense for me to go to one store and source and then come back home. I'm usually going out for, you know, five, six, seven, eight stores at a time. So my, my sourcing days are pretty long. So I might have a whole dedicated day just for that. And then the next, and then I'll come to the office and finish up what I need to for the evening. The next day, if it's more of like a regular day, not no big sourcing going on, same morning routine, get up, read personal development, gym, come to the office. Usually I like to be in here by about 10, 1030. And then from there, uh, open up my computer, check my emails, check my eBay store. Of course, we have to get back to emails through eBay, anything like that. See, see what needs to be shipped. Um, now I'm training my employee to start doing the shipping aspect too. So he's been doing fantastic with that every day. And then from there, check my Amazon storefront, see if I've got any performance notifications, customer feedback that needs to be removed, all the little tiny tedious stuff. Um, and then it, it just goes by my whiteboard. I have a whiteboard that I just randomly jot down any to do's, any projects I want to get done for the week. I start going through that. So then I get into the content stuff. So I go through my inbox on Instagram and YouTube and my personal email for content like that. And then if I need to create, then I go through and start mapping out which videos do I need to record. I typically record my videos in bulk sessions. So instead of my mistake I used to make was I used to wake up, think about what one video do I need to shoot today, shoot the video, edit for an hour or two, and then upload. 
and then do the same thing the next day. But now I'm understanding that if I batch my content, it's less work. So I might shoot five or six videos in one day and then I have enough content to last me two weeks on YouTube. And so that's kind of what my daily routine looks like. And it's just all the tedious stuff that gets done through the day. And then I'm usually trying to clock out by about 7 p.m. most days now. That is a full day. That's a full day. And I mean, it, I mean, you know how it goes. Selling business, it's never a straight daily schedule. Like some days I'm here until midnight. Anyone who follows me on Instagram has seen my, my 1 a.m. clips I do here at the office. Because I might just have a huge load of stuff that I bought and I'm prepping and shipping. Or I just might be working on content and I just require some late nights. And that's just part of the entrepreneurship game. It's extremely difficult to follow a, a strict schedule for yourself. And a lot of people uh, wonder um, when they when they hear this podcast and they, they hear your your routine for the day and they think, wow, do you do you get burned out or you just something that you love doing? It's it's a double edged sword because I do get burned out. You, I think you can get burnt out even on stuff that you love. I mean, if you do anything consistently enough, then you're eventually gonna get hit a burnout phase. Um, when I feel the burnouts coming, that's when I take time off. So I might take an entire weekend to myself. I might, um, summertime, I love to go out for a hike, that kind of stuff. And then just taking time off with the family is always kind of a refresher for me. Um, and I'm, I'm learning that it's the late nights that were burning me out the most last year. So that's why I'm trying to be, the one thing I'm going to be strict with this year is I need to clock out and be home by seven. Because I need to spend time with my four-year-old and he goes to bed by about nine. So I'm, I'm a good two hours family time at night. And that way I'm not working till midnight. And then I feel rushed when I wake up at 6 a.m. And then I don't get to see my, my little one or my wife very much in the morning. And that's when I get burnt out, when I'm just constantly on that clock. So I'm trying to get better at the whole, like, take the evening off. And I think that's going to help me out with the burnout. Yeah, definitely. Because... Uh... I don't know when I'm burning out. My wife actually has to tell me. <laughs> it's true. I'm yeah, with you on like, that. Yeah, she's like, um, babe, you, you've been at this for like, I think I, that's why I kind of went dark a few months ago. I was like, mm -hmm. I didn't do anything on Instagram. I didn't, I was just focusing on eBay. And she's like, you need to take a break. I, I go, I do. I'm like, she's all, yeah, you, you look like you need to take a break. And <laughs> I sat, when she said that, I sat down, I'm like, you're right. Like I'm really, I'm getting burned out. Like I yeah. didn't realize I was getting burned out. Yeah. If I, if I look in the mirror and I see the dark circles under my eyes, it's break time. <laughs> <laughs> that's when you know. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, it's so funny you mentioned that. Cause that's so true. It's usually my wife that catches me burning out before I catch it. And I think that's such a crucial thing too. If you have a spouse, business partner, someone like a, a second person you can be accountable to uh, l let them know it's okay to tell you when to chill. Like my wife and I have had many conversations about this and now she knows I, I don't take personal offense. If she has to sit me down and be like, I need you home. You're not going to work late anymore. And uh, that's just how it's going to be. And she calls me out. She's like, you're getting burnout. You're getting overwhelmed. I see you stressed. And I may not even notice it until she says something. So that's yeah, a, that's a huge point, point that you made. <laughs> yeah. That was, I told her exactly the same thing you did. It's like, if you think I need to like take a couple of days, you need to tell me because I'm not going to know. <laughs> it's because I'm, I'm like full throttle, like all the time. And she's oh, yeah. just like, you need, to, you need to like pull back a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I called it a double-edged sword because while we may get burnt out from working too much, 
like it's so addicting because we really do love this stuff it is like it's it's the treasure hunter high you get like it's the content creation because you know it's helping other people it's it's so difficult to really find that sweet spot of how many hours per day am i going to put in have my you know work-life balance if there is such a thing it's it's really tough it is uh Chaz, thank you very much for being on the show. I appreciate it. You are one of my main inspirations for going, you know, into the business and reselling, you know, and I love it. Um, I appreciate you and Trista, everything you guys do with Side Hustle Pros. You guys are amazing. Um, if you guys give them, again, give them a follow on Instagram, subscribe to their YouTube channel. They've got amazing content. You need to follow them. Uh, Chaz, thank you very much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Um, this is one I can scratch off my bucket list right here. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Seriously, it's uh, uh, the second you reached out, you're like, hey, I want you on the pod- podcast. I'm like, done. Uh, but, yeah. you know, the, I, I watch your content, too. It's not like, you know, a lot of people think that us, quote, unquote, bigger channels don't follow other resellers, and we do. Um, and I tell people all the time, like, just because I have a bigger number be- behind a subscriber account doesn't mean i'm any better than anyone else i think that we're all in the same playing field i just happened to pull out a camera a little bit earlier than most people um yeah. so i just i just thank you for the constant support and just and just being here oh, i'm sure i'm not i'm not the only one i mean look look at your uh youtube following you're almost at a hundred thousand <laughs> which is amazing 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 congratulations yeah. to you and Krista. uh congratulations again on your uh daughter coming into the world soon um and I appreciate it. So thanks for coming on. And uh, we actually have to get you guys back on soon with Trista so we can get her, you know, her input on the reselling game. Oh, she's got a whole, whole nother perspective. So I'll definitely get her on <laughs> for the next one. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thank you very much. Awesome, man. Thank you. All right. Never get tired of hearing that sound. Uh, it's been happening a little bit more and more lately, so sales are up, but it is beginning of the month, so we all know as sellers, beginning of the month, you know, and it is tax season, so a lot of people are spending their money on eBay and other fl- platforms. We're hoping, right? Uh, let's go over my weekly sales. Uh, before we go there, I want to thank uh, Chaz um, for being on. Thank you very much. I appreciate it amazing guy amazing seller again you gotta check out just subscribe to his youtube subscribe to his instagram he's got a lot of good tips and selling tips and you know how to sell and you know how to ship and he he just does it all so he's just an amazing guy but let's get on with uh what i sold for the week uh first up is a jerseys that's the maker of the the hoodie i found it at savers and I saw and I saw the sweater because I always kind of look up hoodies because hoodies sell well for me, and it said Netflix on it. I'm like, oh, you don't see these too often, you know, with Netflix on there. So it was embroidered, and it was by Jerseys, and I picked it up, and it was only like three ninety nine or something like that, four ninety nine, and so I picked it up. I looked at comp. There was only a few listings for an actual Netflix hoodie, and only a couple, like a few for a zip up hoodie, which was the one I got. And I sold it for $19.99. It was up for maybe a couple weeks before it sold. So it it sold pretty quick. So 
that was a good flip on that one. So it's off to its new home. Uh, next up is something I never really looked up and I've seen before. And it's a clothing company called Fatal Clothing. And a lot of you sellers out there probably know this clothing line, but um, I do too. But I didn't know. It's pretty popular on eBay. Uh, I looked up comps and they, you know, the t-shirts sell, you know, every day. Uh, not for a whole lot, but if you find one for like dirt cheap, like 99 cents or less or whatever, you, you flip it for like 10, 15 bucks, you know. So uh, this one was a black t-shirt with a pinup girl uh, sitting on a, like a like a bomb. Pretty cool looking, you know, not my style of clothing, but, you know, I could see some young teenager wearing it or whatever. But uh, sold it for 12 bucks. I think I took a best offer on that. I think it was like for $14.99. took a best offer of 12 And it's off to its new home. It was size medium, so it was pretty small. So it was easy to ship, first class. And it was off to its new home. Next up, uh, this one was just $14 for a pair of corduroys by J. Jill. And here's the thing about these. These have been in my store since probably when I first started <laughs> some reselling. These things have been up here for almost a year. And I looked up comps at the time, and I'm like, okay, uh, J. Jill Corduroy are selling. And so I got them. I got them at the uh, Savers Bins. I picked them up, paid like maybe maybe a dollar or less, and listed them. And looking looking back at it, the pictures are horrible. It's because when I first started. Um, brown colored Corduroy jeans, boot cut. And uh, they... they took almost a year to sell for $14. So if you look up J. Jill, and I know J. Jill is a pretty popular clothing line, but I think it's certain items on eBay that really sell. So these, at least for me, <laughs> the J. Jill corduroys don't really sell for me. So I, I, I'm not going to pick these up again, but sold them $14.99. Finally got rid of them. And let's see, this is Adidas. Uh, anything Adidas, t-shirts or, or tank tops or anything, I pick them up. Uh, depending on the style, if they have a big Adidas logo, I'll, I'll pick it up or whatever. If it's vintage, Adidas the go to uh, go to T, Sacramento Kings uh, basketball T-shirt, just a, a graphic T-shirt with the Sacramento Kings logo, purple colored T-shirt, and it sold for twelve seventy nine. I had it on sale at my store, and it's off to its new home. It's a size two X large, so it's a pretty big T-shirt, and it sold pretty quick. It wasn't up there that long. Um, next up is Lane Bryant, Lane Bryant hoodie. Now here's the thing with this hoodie and I sold it for $19.99 and it's got like a, a graphic, like floral thing in the front, you know, black flowers or something like that. I don't know. And I'm thinking I picked it up at the, at the Goodwill bins and I'm like, oh yeah, this is pretty nice in good shape. Picked it up size 14 slash uh, 16 wide. And I'm like, it's going to sell quick. Nope. Took some took some months before it sold. I don't know why. It's a pretty cool looking hoodie. It's it's a plus size, so I figured it's gonna sell fast. So, but it didn't. But it paid off in the end. I got nineteen ninety nine out of it, and I shipped it off. And it didn't weigh that much either, so it was pretty cool. So I think it just weighed over a pound. So I had to ship it first or uh, uh, put it in a padded flat rate. So I made I made a few bucks off of it. Uh, next up, Reebok, NFL men, San Diego Chargers, uh, LaDamian Tomlinson. He doesn't play for the team anymore. Uh, great running back. 
not one of my favorite teams, Chargers. But I picked it up. The jersey was in good shape. It's a replica jersey, so which, which means it's screen-printed jersey. It's got his name in the bag, number 21. And it's the navy blue kind of uh, old-school-looking throwback jersey. And sold it for 21 bucks. Took a best offer. I think I had it up for $24.99. Took a best offer of 21 And these uh, with, the, with these jerseys, they're really light. So they go first class. So they only cost a few bucks ship so i picked uh did a pretty good flip on that one sorry i'm losing concentration this is a horrible podcast i don't know why i'm doing it i should do it when i'm like fully concentrated on doing this podcast i I apologize everybody um pretty good flip on this jersey uh if you see them make sure you look up comps because not all nfl jerseys uh sell well and these happen to be okay I just picked it up because it was cheap. I think it was like $4.99, something like that at Savers. And I got 20% off. So that's an off to its new home. Uh, next up, Vintage Rocky Mountain Clothing Company. I don't really know the brand, never heard of the brand. But my wife found them. And she looked them up, and they're vintage. And they're one of those high-waisted you know, jeans, uh, straight uh, inseam. Pretty good. I think that's, you know, I think that's what... The ladies are wearing like high-waisted jeans. Um, size seven, eight, medium. Sold it for twenty-four bucks. I think I got it for like a dollar at the bins. I think my wife found it at the bins, and so we picked it up. Twenty-four bucks. It took a while to sell, like a few months, but they finally sold. Uh, next up, Nike skateboard. Nike has a skateboard line. It says Nike and an SB. I didn't know it was a skate. It meant skateboard. I had no idea. <laughs> Am I that out of it? Um, I'm like, I don't know what Nike SB is. And so I looked it up, and it's Nike skateboard. So if you see Nike as SB at the bottom of the Nike logo, that's the skateboard line. And uh, it sold for fourteen thirty nine, which was on sale. Uh, pretty good looking, dark gray Nike logo, white Nike logo, and the black SB in the bottom. And Sold it for $14.39, so it's off to its new home. Uh, next up, another Nike tee, uh, baseball. Uh, these this these two t-shirts are here, the Nike skateboard and the Nike baseball sold fast. Uh, so if you're looking to get in a t-shirt game or you want to sell t-shirts, uh, Nike uh, Nike tees sell pretty quick for me. I can I pick them up and they sell right away. I can never keep them in my store. Um, but not all Nike tee. Um, just I think I look for certain ones that maybe stick out, have the big logo. And like I said in my last my last podcast, it's like the big logo, I believe, is what, what everybody's looking for. And the Nike baseball has the Nike it says Nike, not the traditional Nike, in a box. And it has two baseball bats crossed over in the background. It says Nike baseball and a Nike uh, logo right next underneath the uh, collarbone of the T-shirt. And pretty cool. And sold it for $13.99. Because that's that's pretty much what they were going for. And I sold it pretty fast, maybe within a couple of weeks. And it's off to his new home. Oh, I, I probably picked it up for like $2.99 or something like that at Goodwill. $1.99. Uh, next up is a pretty cool jacket. It's Volcom. I don't sell that much Volcom stuff. If you guys know Volcom, it's just like a skateboard brand uh, catered to skateboarders. And... Volcom's been around for a while, and I thought this was going to be a vintage 
Volcom. Uh, it's a track jacket, brown and, and beige colored. Um, and it has the Volcom sim, uh, logo on the front. Zip up track jacket. Pretty cool. The only thing is when I brought it home and I got it into the my in front of my lighting kit, I, I seen all these little dots and little tiny stains all over the jacket. I'm like, oh. And you guys know, sellers out there, you guys know, and you guys pick something up, like, oh, it looks good. You put it up to the store lighting and make sure there's no rips and tears and big old stains on it. And you go, oh, it looks good. And you finally get it into, like, your in front of your lighting kit. And you find all these stains and stuff. That's what happened to me. But I, it was because it was a pretty cool track jacket, I still listed it. And I listed all the uh, flaws on it. You know, this jacket has some stains around the jacket. Took photographs of it. And it still sold. Sold within a week. 20 bucks. So that's a pretty cool flip on that one. I got it at Savers. I think I got it for like half off. I think it was like 4 bucks. And last but not least, another uh, Nike, not a t-shirt, but it's uh, golf shoes. Um, I can't say enough about golf shoes. Golf shoes sell. Um, anything I pick up, uh, Footjoy, Callaway, uh, Nike, Adidas, uh Golf shoes, pick them up. Uh, make sure you research and look for comps and see how well they're selling. But I, I would pick up golf shoes like any day, like Footjoy, Callaway, or Nike. And I'm like, I'll pick them up. Uh, I got this at the Goodwill bins. I saw one shoe. Of course, you're at the Goodwill bins. You find one shoe and you can't find the other. That happened to me. I'm like, I'm determined to find this Nike golf shoe. I found it, one of them. Search, search, search. There was like three big old bins full of shoes. And I'm just, you know, rustling, rustling through them and, you know, shoving shoes out of the way. And I finally found it. I found the other one and I was happy. So cleaned them up. They weren't that dirty to begin with. Uh, but I did clean them up. Took, you know, the, there was some grass underneath the spikes. And it's like they're soft spike um, golf shoes. So they sold for 28 bucks. I took a best offer. I think I had them up for 34 so they were up for like a month and they sold them uh, black golf shoes with the uh, white Nike logo on there so and that's pretty much it for my sales of the week and weekend uh, they were uh, they were pretty good I had some more sales but I'm not gonna bore you with the other ones they were just kind of like blouses and stuff like that so these are kind of my highlights and uh, you know no home runs nothing huge or anything like that but you know steady that's that's what I like a steady sales that keeps your store active and if you keep listing and selling you know it you know the algorithms everybody talks about the algorithms on eBay you know just make sure you're active if you're active active on your store or if you don't have a store just keep listing the free listings they give you a month and just you know you'll start selling stuff all right that's pretty much it for my sales of the week let's go on to some eBay news Now it's time for some eBay news. Uh, again, I want to thank uh, Chaz for being on. Amazing guy. Just super down to earth. Really nice. And, you know, it was just an amazing interview. And it just highlighted my my year already. And it's very blurry. <laughs> so thank you, Chaz. Thank you for being on. Appreciate it. Uh, okay, on to eBay news. Um, this one came from YahooFinance.com. Um, 
Keyline is eBay sets record-breaking year in charity platform with nearly 102 million raised for nonprofits in 2018, and that's amazing. Amazing they raised that much money. Now it's just not eBay. It wasn't just eBay giving this money to to charities. Um, you guys out there who are sellers, experienced sellers, you guys know when you list something and you're going through all your your listings and your little uh, check boxes. There's a checkbox in the bottom, towards the bottom, where it says, do you want to donate a portion of your sale to charity? And it's not just certain charities that eBay has on there. You can actually search a charity for you to donate a portion of your sales or 100%. It gives you an option, you know, 5%, 1%, 10 100%, whatever. And um, I've done that. I've actually done that. With a t-shirt I found, it said Vegas Strong, and it was uh, 100% to charity. It was to the uh, Harvest Music Festival Charity Fund or something like that. I can't remember. It was for the October 1st shooting here in Las Vegas, so I went ahead and donated 100% of that. And it wasn't that much of a sale. It sold right away, uh, but, you know, it feels good to, you know, give the chair you giving it to a good cause and um ebay has uh raised uh, 102 million um they they aim to raise a billion dollars in charity by 2020 one billion in charity that's amazing uh you know i applaud ebay for doing this uh, i don't see any other e-commerce platform or any doing this there's a, I, I believe they're the only ones that correct me if I'm wrong out there, but I think eBay is the only one that you can set a portion of your sales to a charity of your choice. So pretty, pretty cool by eBay. Uh, eBay announced its global marketplace raised nearly 102 million for charities in 2018, bringing the total funds raised to nearly 912 million since 2003. Amazing. Uh, with more than 66,000 charities on the platform, a lot of charities. Like I said, you can either choose one that they have on there, which is a lot, or uh, you can actually search and see if uh, there's a certain charity that you want to donate uh, to. Uh, eBay has charity enables people to, uh, eBay for charity, sorry, enables people to connect with and support their favorite nonprofit and causes when they buy or sell in the US. I did not know that when you buy something, you can actually donate to charity. I'm not, I didn't know that. I know as a seller, you can. Uh, with a record breaking 102 million raised uh, through eBay for charity in 2018, eBay continues to be a fully committed to enabling millions of people to come together and make a difference. Uh, this was a quote from Brenda Hockeyas, general manager of eBay for charity. Uh, she goes on to quote, unlike any other online marketplace, our platform allows anyone in the world to make an impact, giving consumers the freedom to support the causes near and dear to them. Uh, people turn to eBay in key moments throughout the year to make a difference and rally behind causes in 2018. From helping the victims of the California wildfires to supporting the battle against cancer uh, to celebrating Pride Month around the world eBay for charity connects buyers and sellers to causes they care about the most. Uh, by activating its millions 
of everyday consumers, sellers, and partnering, uh, partnering with some of the most influential celebrities and charities. Uh, eBay leverages the power of its entire community to make its biggest impact to date with a goal of raising $1 billion for charity by 2020. That's amazing. Uh, that is so cool uh, with eBay. And I know eBay has is going through a lot of changes. And they're trying to help the sellers like us and help buyers. But for them, for these charities that they do and the, and the eBay for charity, it's just, I applaud them. I think it's amazing what they do. Um, this is really, really good for eBay. Um, it goes on high uh, profile sales of unique items and experiences brought in a record of charitable donations. Uh, it goes on. It gives a list of like ending poverty, uh, spreading music and culture, uh, you know, uh, fight against cancer, uh, spotlighting equality, supporting veterans, uh, activating eBay's global seller community. Uh, so what, you know, uh, it goes on, you know, chair, the eBay's global seller community charities, big and small from around the world benefited from sellers who choose to donate a percentage of their sales and buyers who uh, gave at checkout. And it's, it's an amazing article. It's really cool by eBay. I think it's really cool. And it just qualified for my eBay news this week. And I read the article and I'm like, yes, I need to talk about this because I know eBay goes, they get a lot of flack about changing their platform, charging more for their um, fees and, you know, and the UPS, uh, USPS uh, increases in rates. So, you know, eBay, along with a lot of questionable stuff, you know, eBay does, um, they also do good things too. So, you know, this was, this is a really good thing with eBay and that's pretty much it for eBay news. <laughs> I'm just not here today. Um, on to uh, weird listing of the week. It is time for weird listing of the week. The first one of the year. And... You know, the reason why I don't do weird listing every week now, just to change up the, the podcast altogether, but um, there's so much stuff on eBay on here for weird listing. You know, it's just hard to choose. And there's a lot of times where eh, this one's not worth talking about or that one's not that weird. And But this one is pretty weird. Um, it's just one photo of a guy with a guitar on him with a camouflaged or something looks like camouflage jacket shades and a creepy mustache and it looks like he's in his room it looks like he's in his late 30s and still has a room that looks like he's from high school uh <laughs> there's like posters on the wall there's like a poster of a girl in the background um, you can see a partial Confederate flag, but the only title of this, it says desperate for money. And the starting bid is 99 cents. And <laughs> this is pretty weird. 
Uh, the seller is Benjamin, Benjamin, Benjamin Haywart. Weird name. Uh, he does have 63 feedback, so I'm assuming he sell or buy stuff on eBay, but he is desperate for money. Um, his starting bid is 99 cents, but if you look at the bottom, and I'll put this on my Instagram, the uh, <laughs> the it's one day shipping, and it's a thousand dollars for shipping. He put a thousand dollars for shipping, and let's read the description. Uh, <laughs> It's all so I will, will I will provide video footage of me spending the money you give me. That is what you're bidding on. At least 10 hours of video footage is what you're bidding on of me spending money you give me. And it goes on dot dot dot. Or <laughs> oh my god. How is this listing even still up here? Like seriously, how is it not taken down? Uh, and if you're a hot woman and you can come over after, you can come over after, but eBay is not a dating site. PM for arrangements. Contact me. <laughs> this has got to be a gag. This is not real. This can't be real. The guy's creepy to begin with. Creepy, weird sunglasses with a creepy mustache and... With a guitar camouflage jacket on. Is he in his kid's room? Because that's what it looks like. Trying to be cool. It it doesn't it doesn't work. Not cool at all. And winning bid receives footage of me blowing the million dollars I beg for. Make my life merry and bright. Help with my needs and desire for success through creativeness. <laughs> well, he's not earning any of those. <laughs> this is not very creative. It's very creepy and dumb. eBay's going to take this down as soon as they catch it. Because this is ridiculous. The title always says it's desperate for money. Like, would you look at it? I mean, if you see the picture, we guys like, oh, yeah, I'll give this guy a million dollars and then just video, send me the video footage of you spending it. And if you're a hot woman, PM me for arrangements. Man, this, my, this guy was, has all the ladies, right? He looks like a player. <laughs> you you got to see the photograph. I'll put it on Instagram. It's incredible. This guy is just a piece of work. Very creepy. He looks like a guy that would like drive down the street in like those petty vans. You know what a petty van is? Those pedophile vans? You know, trying to pick up chicks from like junior high. <laughs> trying to act cool. That's what he is. He looks like a pedophile. I'm sorry to say. He does. It's just... It needs to be taken down. <laughs> it's just so creepy. But that's my weird listing of the week. You guys can check it out on Instagram. Uh, again, I want to thank. I know I thanked him already. And I thanked, I thanked him a whole lot. But he's just one of my eBay. I mean, not reselling heroes. He's just really influenced on me. Chaz, thank you very much for being on. I appreciate it. Maybe next time you come on, we'll get Trista on there too. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you everybody for 
listening to the podcast. Again, it's been downloaded and listened to over 9,000 times, which is amazing to me. I use that word a lot, amazing, um, because it is. It's amazing to me because I, I, before all this, I was pretty much a private person and I wasn't really out there and I wasn't putting myself out there. But now I am. I'm sort of getting more comfortable with uh, the podcast and, and Instagram and putting myself out there. And, you know, Charles or Chaz is one of the guys that kind of broke me out of my shell, so to speak. But thank you guys very much. Thank you for listening. See you guys next week. I have another reseller on and keep on hustling, guys. I'll see you on Instagram.